Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 176 of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. The show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please do me a favor, subscribe to your favorite, and then leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles that you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's all game releases. The big game out last week was Overwatch 2, and the games coming out this week include Prison Architect Undead, Evil, NHL 23, No More Heroes 3, Space Roguelike Adventure, PGA Tour 2K23, Asterigos, Curse of the Stars, Unusual Findings, Bloodwash, Cow, the Kangaroo, Oh Well, Asterix and Oblex XXXL, the Ram from Hibernia, Dying Light 2, Stay Human, Bloody Ties, The Darkest Tales, The Witch's House, MV, Cobra Kai 2, Dojo's Rising, Saint Couture, Star Trek Prodigy Supernova, Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3, Slime Speedway, Trifox, and Dragon Ball, The Breakers. An update for Xbox Game Pass includes the following. You can now play on Cloud Console and PC, Chivalry 2, Medieval Dynasty on Xbox Series X and S, The Walking Dead, the complete first season on PC, The Walking Dead Season 2 on PC. Then on October 11th, you can play Costume Quest on Cloud and Console, Evil on Console and PC. On October 13th, Dyson Sphere Program on PC. And then on Cloud, PC, Xbox Series X and S, Scorn, October 14th. October 18th, A Plague Tale Requiem on Cloud, PC, and Xbox Series X and S. Now onto last week's biggest news stories, and we have six to cover this week. Number one, Halo developer reportedly ditching Slip Space Engine for Unreal. Sean Carey at True Achievements writes, Halo Infinite developer 343 Industries might be abandoning its proprietary Slip Space Engine in favor of Unreal, multiple rumors suggest. The news comes from ACG journalist Jeremy Penter, thanks VGC, who corroborated a report from YouTuber Sean W., claiming that Halo Infinite's rumored Battle Royale mode, codenamed Tatanka, and possibly Halo as a whole could be switching to Unreal Engine. Penter said on Twitter, quote, I can only confirm that many sources are saying this, and very clear that it's already been decided and Halo is for sure switching to Unreal, end quote. Later, Windows Central's Jez Corden added to the rumor mail saying, quote, It seems that indeed Halo may be gearing up for a wider switch to the Unreal Engine, known for games like Gears of War, Fortnite, and many others. Sean W.'s report was also corroborated by ACG's Jeremy Penter, as well as some of our own sources, end quote. Details around the possible switch seem vague, so this should only be treated as speculation and nothing has been officially confirmed. Halo Infinite has had a bit of a rough time. It was delayed for more than a year and when it finally did launch it was missing key features and modes such as Camping Co-op and Forge. There have also been numerous complaints from players surrounding Halo Infinite's multiplayer and several key staff members, including 343 Industries head Bonnie Ross have left the studio, Campaign Co-op and Mission Replay are finally coming to Halo Infinite alongside 24 new achievements soon. This would be a huge news story, and unlike anything we've really seen in the video game industry, it seems like the right move given all the speculation about how difficult it was to get this game running on the new Slip Space Engine that is clear with the proof in the pudding that this was the longest gap between official Halo game releases, Halo 5 having launched in 2015, this in 2021. So it seems like this could be an ultimate win for the studio, the game, and the franchise going forward. I think there's a chance we could hear about Tatanka maybe at the Game Awards if they're looking for that big splash. Halo needs a big win, and we didn't hear anything during the E3 season on it. So let's see if we find out in the next two months. Number two, Redfall leak suggests we'll sink our teeth into Arkane's game in March. Tom West at True Achievements writes, 
Redfall is the latest game this week to receive a potential leak which suggests the vampire hunting game will launch in March and that an early access period will potentially be available. According to generally reliable Okami Games, Arcane Studios' upcoming Supernatural FPS Redfall will be launching in March 2023. Okami sources have reportedly said that an early access period will be available the week before launch for players that either pre-order the game or own the deluxe edition. As with any leak, no matter how reliable the leaker is, we suggest taking this with a pinch of salt until Arcane has officially revealed a release date. Redfall is expected to join Xbox Game Pass in early 2023 alongside the likes of Starfield and Forza Motorsport. Both Redfall and Bethesda's space exploration game Starfield were supposed to drop this year but were delayed into 2023 back in May to give the teams additional time to apply the game's finishing touches. March seems like a good time for this game. I think we all believed that Redfall would be launching before Starfield and it seems like they definitely want to take with their time with Starfield to make sure it's just right. I could see Redfall in March and honestly I wouldn't be surprised if they pushed Starfield another year until November or the holiday season so they can make this game the 10 out of 10 that Xbox really needs it to be. Number 3, CD Projekt Red is working on three Witcher games, a new cyberpunk, and a new IP. Joe Scrubbles at IGN writes, CD Projekt Red has announced the codenames and brief descriptions for five new games, including three Witcher games, a new cyberpunk, and a brand new IP. Revealed on Twitter, it marks a major next step for the developer in multiple respects, from developing its own IP from scratch to developing multiple full-size games at one time. In a separate release, the company says it's also adding multiplayer to the majority of future projects. This also marks the first time that we've learned the new Witcher trilogy will not be the only new game set in that universe. The five games are Orion, quote, a codename for our next cyberpunk game which will take the cyberpunk franchise further and continue harnessing the potential of this dark future universe, end quote. Orion will be developed by a brand new CD Projekt Studio set up in the US. Polaris, quote, a codename for the next installment in the Witcher series of games which we recently announced was in pre-production. It is the beginning of a new saga. We aim to release two more Witcher games after Polaris, creating a new AAA RPG trilogy, end quote. The full trilogy is intended to be released, quote, in a six-year period, end quote. Canis Majoris, quote, a full-fledged Witcher game separate to the new Witcher saga starting with Polaris. It will be developed by an external studio headed by experienced developers who have worked on past Witcher games, end quote. It's not currently clear which developer is working on this project. Sirius, Quote, coding for the game developed by the Molasses Flood, set in the Witcher universe and created with support from CDPR. It will differ from our past productions, offering multiplayer gameplay on top of a single-player experience, including a campaign with quests and a story, end quote. And Hadar. Quote, a codename for a third entirely distinct IP created from scratch within CDPR. The project is in the earliest stages of the creative process, which means we are not developing any games yet, but working exclusively on the foundation for this new setting, end quote. Well, ain't that a whole lot for a studio that is coming fresh off of possibly the biggest AAA flop in video game history, but had one of the biggest comeback stories as of late after the release of the Netflix show. I think this is good news. Obviously, it's super ambitious. People are already talking about crunch. How can you possibly get all these games out in a reasonable time? I think the studio is really just trying to get the investors back in, the stock back up, and working on AAA games, which they need to. I'm excited to give Cyberpunk a chance, and trying to plan out my gaming future seems like December might be the time. Number 4, Need for Speed Unbound leaves last-gen consoles behind, emphasizes style and speed. ONS Good and Michael McWhorter at Polygon right? Electronic Arts' next Need for Speed game, Need for Speed Unbound, takes street racing fans to a new open-world city called Lakeshore, and features a heavily stylized look. Need for Speed Unbound will be available on PS5, Windows PC, and Xbox Series X and S when it launches December 2nd, the publisher announced Thursday. Need for Speed Unbound promises 4K 60fps racing, players will be able to race offline in a new single-player campaign, 
or online with cross-platform multiplayer, as they race, collect, upgrade, and customize streetcars that EA boasts are, quote, the most realistic-looking cars in the franchise's history, end quote. According to a news release from EA, Need for Speed Unbound will layer on graffiti-inspired visual and sound effects as players race through Lakeshore. Given that this is illegal street racing, players will build up heat and will need to outsmart Lakeshore's police force, earning, quote, big rewards or even bigger consequences for getting busted, end quote. EA promises hundreds of cosmetic items, including, quote, exclusive license gear from some of the world's pioneering fashion innovators and custom automotive gear companies, end quote. Need for Speed Unbound features music and creative input from rapper ASAP Rocky and his AWGE creative agency. ASAP Rocky appears in-game as the leader of a faction called the Takeover Scene, which is home to a replayable, quote, precision driving mode, end quote, that emphasizes style over speed and mechanic where players try to claim areas of Lakeshore for themselves. Developed by Criterion Games, which includes Codemasters Crushire, which EA acquired in 2021, Need for Speed Unbound was originally envisioned for a 2021 launch until EA assigned Criterion to support EA DICE with last November's Battlefield 2042. This game looks really cool, I'm just not a racing guy, but I used to love Need for Speed Underground back in the day playing that on my GameCube, how about that? Number 5. Hitman 3's roguelike freelancer mode delayed into 2023. CJ Wheeler at Rock Paper Shotgun writes, Agent 47 is still going freelance, but not this year. IO Interactive have pushed Hitman 3's planned freelancer mode back again, this time to January 26. The delay was announced along with the reveal of a closed technical test for freelancer starting early next month, and here I was thinking that Ian Hitman never missed a target. Although IO says freelancer mode is almost ready, they're looking to trial it before a wider release. IO revealed the roguelike freelancer mode back at the start of what they're calling Hitman 3 Year 2 in January, which feels about a million years ago. It was originally set for spring, but May saw the new mode shuffled back to the second half of the year. When freelancer mode arrives, you'll be able to set Agent 47 up in his own swish, explorable, and customizable safe house. You can then set off on randomized missions to take down an organization and its equally randomized leader. I know Hitman 3 is a huge game, I've been meaning to try it, play it for years, it just hasn't happened. This seems exciting though for fans of the series that you're going to get this infinitely replayable, or so it seems, mode coming to the game early next year. Number 6. No Man's Sky Waypoint Update is the game's biggest generational jump so far. Ryan Dinsdale at IGN writes, Hello Games has announced that No Man's Sky 4.0 update called Waypoint will be released today, and said it's likely the quote, biggest generational jump so far, end quote, for the game. The 21st major update brings both design and balance overhauls alongside hundreds of quality of life improvements, as Hello Games has attempted to unify all of its previous content into a more cohesive gameplay experience. Its inventory system is one example of this. As player ships and weapons now have a greatly increased level cap, milestones have also been updated and a new information portal makes it easier for returning players to pick No Man's Sky back up thanks to a summary of their goals and progress. New gameplay modes have also been added, with Relax Mode letting players enjoy the game more as an exploration and sandbox game over pure survival. Customizable controls for survival, crafting, and combat have all been added too, however meaning players can shape the experience to match their own playstyle. Given that Waypoint also marks the full 4.0 step up for No Man's Sky, Hello Games said it's as much as laying a foundation for the future as it is improving what's already in the game. I wanted to highlight this as this game seems to be the game that keeps on giving. From, we talked about the biggest AAA blunder in CDPR's Cyberpunk 2077, this is certainly second for most AAA, AAA, disappointing games with what it promised and what was actually in the game when it released. They have done the dirty work, they have gone to the game, updated it, improved it, and released many many updates and the community seems to be very happy with it. I always seem very intrigued by this game, but I just don't know if I have the time to commit to this massive game and play it. But it looks cool. 
As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and a new record has been released for a video game, but it's not necessarily a good one. Credit to Tom West at True Achievements. Beyond Good and Evil 2 sets new record for game longest end development. Beyond Good and Evil has now been in development for 5,240 days since its original trailer was released in 2008. According to GameIndustry.biz, Brandon Sinclair on Twitter, which is 84 days longer than the current Guinness World Record holder for the game with the longest development period, Duke Nukem Forever has held the record since 2011, after a development period that lasted 14 years or 5,156 days between 1997 and its release in 2011. Talk about a game that had a trailer, then went dark, then came back, then went dark, and seemingly seems to pop up every few months or so with an update. It seems like this game is still coming out, but there's no way it could be good after this long, right? Thank you all for listening to the Xbox and 10 podcast, the weekly source of Xbox gaming news covering in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox and 10. This past week, I haven't had too much time to play, but I'm working on my Platinum of God of War. I've done all the gameplay challenges. Now I have to just go around and collect all the final collectibles, and then I'll get my second Platinum ever. First Platinum was The Walking Dead Season 1, apparently, back on the PS3. Shocked me too. Then I'm going to be jumping into Resident Evil 2 Remake in Spooky Season of October. Excited to replay that, as that is one of my top three favorite games of all time. My name is Brandon Rosie. You can follow me on Xbox at Brosa93. Hope you all have a great week. Stay safe and keep on gaming.